Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone and welcome back to another episode of Millionaire Muslim with IFG where we speak to influential and or entrepreneurial Muslims on key topical issues. I'm your host Khidr Muhammad and today I have with me a very important guest, Dr. Muhammad Wajid Akhtar. Assistant Secretary General of the Muslim Council of Britain, founder of Charity Week for Orphans and Children in Need, co-founder of the Islamic History Channel, council member of the British Islamic Medical Association, and founding member of the Faculty of Medical Leadership and Management. Today, though, we're specifically going to be talking to him about his work pertaining to MCB, also known as the Muslim Council of Britain. Welcome, Dr. Wajid. Assalamu alaikum. Jazakallah khairan for having me here. I'm very excited to be on the show. Absolute pleasure to have you here as well. Why don't you start us off with an introduction to the Muslim Council of Britain for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with its history or the services it provides? That's a really good question. So the Muslim Council of Britain is an umbrella body which has four or five hundred affiliates that have come together and they want to give a united voice and united action for key areas such as Islamophobia, dealing with the government, or dealing with the media. And we have to have a united body that represents Muslims, or at least the affiliates, across the country. If we don't have that, then it's very difficult for us to put our views forward. There's There will be too many different opposing views coming from different angles, it's very difficult for any entity to deal with the Muslim community. Having a united voice, a united body, gives us that barakah of unity, gives us that strength, gives us that weight that we don't have when we all speak separately. And that's what the Muslim Council of Britain is there for. It's there to speak on behalf primarily of its affiliates, but by extension for large parts of the Muslim community. MashaAllah. I'm sure we're going to get into the nuances of political engagement and the challenges that the organization must have faced. But why don't you tell us some of the success stories of some of the work the MCB has done? Alhamdulillah, there are actually quite a few success stories to go into. If I was to pick like three, one of them would be the Center for Media Monitoring. So this is a very professional center that's been set up with people who are experienced in the media, who have worked in mainstream media and Muslim media channels as well. And they monitor the BBC and the newspapers and all different outputs on how they report on Muslims. And they hold them to account. Not only do they hold them to account and say challenge them when they make assumptions about Muslims or when they try to associate Muslims or Islam with violence or extremism, but they also train and educate journalists on what is a sensitive way to discuss Muslim or Islamic topics. Another project which I was involved in was the response towards COVID. So when COVID first started off in the UK, we brought together organizations from across the Muslim spectrum, whether they were Muslim medical organizations, uh, Muslim burial organizations, healthcare leaders, politicians, imams, scholars, brought them all together on one table so that we could face this unprecedented pandemic in a united way. And we, because we were able to do that, we were actually able to stay one step ahead of even the government when it came to the narrative on COVID. We were able to suspend congregational prayers even before the government 
told us that we needed to do it because we saw the number of deaths that were occurring. We saw the number of people who were going into intensive care. We were able to actually provide leadership in terms of the vaccines or in terms of how to reopen the mosques in a safe way. And a lot of this information was taken on board by other countries. So our brothers and sisters in Canada, Australia, uh, Denmark, they were seeing the work that we were doing and they were actually copying that and benefiting from it themselves. The last project that I thought it was really useful to mention is something called Visit My Mosque. Visit My Mosque is something which is almost like a flagship project of the MCB. Our mosques, our masjids, are beautiful locations which have so much benefit in them, but large parts of the non-Muslim communities don't actually get to see inside the mosque. There's this barrier built up, and we wanted to open up the mosques on one day nationally, and it illustrates, again, the Barakah of Unity, because many mosques were doing open days previously, but the fact that we were doing them all on the same day meant that it became a tradition. So now every minister, even the prime minister, goes to their mosque, their local mosque, on Visit My Mosque Day. You have multinational organizations like Ben & Jerry's that are sponsoring Visit My Mosque Day. That illustrates the barakah that comes from unity, which is what MCB is all about. MashaAllah, I can definitely say that prior to my role at IFG, I actually worked at East London Masjid. And I know East London Mosque has a very close relationship with the MCV. And I have actually witnessed all three of these projects in their fruition. So I benefited a number of times from engagement with the CFMM, the Center for Media Monitoring. Um, I helped organize the Visit My Mosque Day. And I, th I think when it comes to the Visit My Mosque Day, um, very few people actually know that that's an MCB project. So that's fascinating to learn about. And of course, I was still working at Island Mosque when COVID happened. And therefore, I saw how united the mosques were and the benefits that came with um, the Muslim community really coming out and engaging the wider community and helping benefit others when it came to the COVID crisis. So, mashallah, these are amazing stories to hear. But I'm sure that with all the nuances of political engagement, there must have been plenty of challenges and difficulties. We know that the Muslim community is very varied in the UK. There's people from multiple ethnicities. Alhamdulillah, we live in a very diverse society. And that must come with its challenges. Can you tell us some of the challenges or difficulties that the MCB has faced in general when it comes to working with so many organizations? Jazakallah, very good point. Let me be honest. Uh, I mean, I, it sounds like I'm blowing the MCP's trumpet and that we're amazing, we're the best things since sliced bread, but we know that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of improvement that needs to be made and we could always do more. We've, there's no way that we're even scratching the surface of what's possible, the potential in our Muslim communities. We're a young community, we're a dynamic and diverse community, probably the youngest, most dynamic and diverse community in the whole of the U United Kingdom. And we're not scratching the surface of that. You're absolutely right. And part of that comes down to our marketing. We need to be better at showcasing the work that is possible, what we're doing, the importance of the work we're doing, and that would attract people. But part of it also comes down to, unfortunately, there is a difficulty in the Muslim community where we have a misunderstanding. We feel like we need to have a uniformity of views when actually what we need is unity of purpose, not uniformity of views. 
we don't always have to agree. You and I don't need to agree about how to engage the government or how we're going to tackle certain topics, such as dealing with Islamophobia or dealing with issues in our school children are facing. We don't really all need to agree on how we're going to tackle it, but we just need to agree that we're going to tackle it and that we're going to be united in our response. That It's that old Abraham Lincoln quote, a house that's divided against itself cannot stand. And right now, unfortunately, for far too many topics, the Muslim communities find it easier to divide than they do find it to unite. And we need to change that. We, we feel like there is a movement towards unity. There's a movement towards trying to put aside our differences and concentrate on our similarities. But there's also a movement in the opposite direction. Social media is one that's amplifying that, where people are getting into their bubbles and they're, in fact, getting more stuck in their views. People are doing cancel culture, calling each other out, saying, I will never work with so-and-so. We need to cancel this mosque. We need to cancel that sheikh or that person or these type of people. When in fact, what we need to be doing is moving in the opposite direction. And we, we struggle. MCB struggles a lot. For example, if when a political crisis hits on the international stage, let's say there's been an attack in Palestine, some organizations will say, we must have a protest. And others will say, we must write to our MP. And still others will say, we must raise money. And still others will say, we must not do any of those three things. We must find a new way of dealing with it because those haven't been particularly effective so far. And others will say, we must boycott. And all of those groups and organizations, they're all valued members of the Muslim communities. But they will all say, my way is the right way. And if you don't follow my way, then you have let not only me down, you're letting Palestine down. And it becomes very difficult. What we need to do in the Muslim Council, and what we're asking the whole Muslim community to join us for is that we have a unity of purpose, not uniformity of views. There may be 10 different ways of uh, showcasing our commitment to Palestine, and all of them may actually be mutually reinforcing. But when we have that unity of purpose, even if we're doing different things, we're on the same team, we're supporting each other. When we don't have the unity of purpose, we might both be going on a march, but we'll go on different days or we'll do it in different ways and we'll actually be splitting from each other. So that's the mentality shift that we're trying to engender in everyone that, hey, we don't all have to think the same. We don't all have to do the same, but we all have to be moving towards the same goal. And if we do that, inshallah, there will be greater unity and we will be stronger and we're going to unlock the potential of the Muslim community in this country, inshallah. That's a very fair point. I feel like Muslims, when it comes to unity, really struggle. And it's exactly what you've said when it comes to social media, being isolated in their bubbles, um, this perception of how certain issues should be dealt with and having different types of methodology or sometimes even, you know, the idea of uh, their political views or fiqhi views might bias them towards certain certain groups and certain mentalities. And what, what this ultimately does is does divide people. Absolutely. And that must make the, the MCV's job certainly hard as an umbrella organization that's trying to work with them all together. It, so, my, my apologies next for question, interrupting. I was going to say it almost makes it impossible sometimes, which uh, is yeah. why a lot of people get frustrated. We have really talented, amazing brothers and sisters all across this country. And when they get involved, I think that's the first thing. It's not the hard work that puts them off. They work from 8 in the morning till 6 in the evening. They come back and they're willing to work another four hours on any project. But what they struggle with is being called a traitor or a loser or some, or just being demeaned 
by their fellow brothers and sisters because they have a strategic difference of opinion. And that's what puts a lot of people off this work. And you guys will know this in Islamic finance guru. What happens is when someone says, you know what, crypto is haram. That sentence doesn't leave any room for maneuver. It creates a black and white world where there is, you know, and there are friends and enemies. And if you follow that opinion, then there is no room for another opinion. Now, there are things which are definitely black and white, but there are many, there, most things are in between. And by all you need is that shift to say, in my opinion, I think crypto is haram. However, there are other opinions. That last part of that sentence is a complete game changer. That last part of the sentence is what's missing from the discourse. It's what humanizes your people who think differently. It's what gives us the ability to work with each other. That's what's missing most of the time from most of our projects, most of our discussions, most of our rhetoric. And if we can bring that in, again, we can change things, inshallah. And I think Islamic Finance Guru does a very good job of it. You put your view forward on financial issues and usually you do give that other opinion as well. I apologize for interrupting you. It's, my, it's a bad habit I have. No, no worries at all. You made a very pertinent point. I'm glad you interrupted me there. What I was going to say is that since that job, that aspect of uniting all these Muslim organizations under one umbrella body is so, so difficult. What is MCB currently doing in order to cater or solve that problem, in order to engage the community and winning the trust of the Muslim community? So our plan is fairly simple. We're going to work. We're going to show by results. We're not going to tell people unite. We're not going to tell people affiliate. We're not going to tell people give us money. We're going to show the possibility of what happens when we do work, unite, affiliate. And when we do that, people go to where the action is. People see people go to where the baraka is. It's natural. It's part of our human fitrah, right? I mean, that's our intention. Our intention is to put on events, the likes of which maybe haven't been seen before, to engage parts of the community that haven't been engaged before. Our sisters who are maybe at home with children, our elderly community, our youth, those who aren't necessarily going to the mosque. We're planning to do a social media and tech conference this year. We're engaging with new organizations like yourself, Islamic Finance Guru. But there are many organizations. The new generation of Muslim organizations are coming up. There's a Muslim Golfers Association. There's a Muslim Gamers Association. There's Muslim Climbing Forum. So there are Muslims who are building lots of cool organizations and have a new way of thinking. And as well, we're bringing along our legacy organizations who have built the Muslim community from the ground up. And together, we're going to try to do new and innovative projects, inshallah, that will showcase the unity. And when we do that, I think that it will it will answer the question that people have itself. People will stop asking or people will see that division doesn't bring results. Unity does. People will start seeing the mentality shift themselves. It's show, not tell. Very fair point. I think that it's quite fascinating that Muslims are now more and more engaged in the society that they're living in as the generations pass forward. You know, a Muslim Gamers Association, I wouldn't have thought that would exist, but here it does. And I saw this interesting organization, Muslim Hikers. It's just 
people that have come together that are Muslim that like going on hikes and just having this coalition of Muslim organizations, these bodies all under the MCB is quite an impressive thing. And hopefully that there is more of that engagement. And I wanted to ask you, what is the future hope and vision of MCB? What are you guys really trying to achieve and what do you see as success? I have to be careful. I'm not sure if I could speak for everyone in MCB on this, but the whole vision of MCB is to unite the Muslim communities to unlock the potential through that unity. I'll give you guys a good example. When you pray your Maghrib prayer, you pray three rakahs at home. If you pray yeah. that exact same prayer in the mosque, you get 27 times more reward. Yeah. But you haven't prayed an extra rakah, have you? You haven't read Surah yeah. Baqarah in the mosque and Surah you know, uh, Nas in, at home. What's the difference? Why the 27 times extra? Literally, the difference is who you have next to you. You're praying it together. When you go on Umrah, it's beautiful. It's a very important activity that people remember. But when you go on Hajj, it's life-changing in a way that Umrah often isn't. Hajj is life-changing. What's the difference? Again, it's the multitude that you're in. You know, it's the same location. It's the same Kaaba. But it's a multitude that's often the difference. And we just went through Ramadan. Fast 30 days in Ramadan in a row, no problem. Fast six days of Shawwal on your own, a lot trickier. Not many people manage that. Why? The six days are non-consecutive. You don't have to fast them in a row. And you just did 30. The reason is when you're doing 30, the whole Ummah is doing it together. When you're doing six, you're doing it on your own. Your own family might be doing it at different days. That barakah of unity when we work together, that potential is what's missing from the whole Muslim world, but here in the UK. Imagine if the three to five million Muslims that are here spoke with one voice. Then, and it not only spoke with one voice, but we acted as one hand. The potential that we can unlock, the things that we could do, we're already the most generous community in the UK. Now we're also the youngest community in the UK. What we could do to benefit only ourselves, but people everywhere and benefit this country is unimaginable. But when we work separately, Everything, even the possible becomes impossible when we work separately. But when we work together, the impossible becomes possible. It becomes inevitable. And that's that vision. That's that dream that if the Muslim Council can do anything, it's not that we want everyone to be under the Muslim Council. We're not megalomaniacs. There's no president sitting at the top. Sister Zara, who's the uh, current secretary general, is a lovely sister, but she doesn't want to be the next dictator of the, you know, or anything like that. <laughs> What we want to do is we want to facilitate this change in mindset. And we want to give that platform so that the Muslim community over here can unlock their true potential. That, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give us that barakah of unity. And we saw a little bit of that in COVID. There were other countries who were jealous of the Muslim community here because they don't have an equivalent in their country. So what they had was every community was doing their own thing. Every community, some were saying, take the vaccine. Some were saying, don't. Some were saying, open the mosque. Some were saying, close it. Everyone was doing their own thing. Whereas by having that united voice here, everyone from the, you know, the NHS to the mayor and MPs were engaging. They knew where to engage. They said, right, you know, the doctors are here. The sheikhs are here. The mosques are here. The Muslim mothers are here. Everyone's here. They're all here on the same platform. We can speak to them all at the same time. And we benefited from each other's opinion. When the do I'm a doctor myself, you know, if it was up to the doctors, we'd close everything forever, right? 
But alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. we had the sheikhs there who, and maybe that's exaggerate. That is an exaggeration. But you had the sheikhs there who were saying, "Look, this is also important. What about this?" And because we were talking to each other, it wasn't medicine versus science. It wasn't science versus religion. It was science and religion coming together in the best way possible. That's the beauty of our faith, and that's our dream. Inshallah, in the not too distant future, we will move to a stage where we are going to be an example of unity for the Muslim world. That Others will want to copy and export to their country. Inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. I really hope so. That was quite a beautiful way to put it. I, I really like the examples, particularly of uh, praying at home versus praying in the masjid and fasting in Ramadan and the the likeness of Umrah and Hajj. So, mashallah, it's a very very good way to put it. And you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran numerous times tells the Muslims to hold on to the rope of Allah and be united. It's a sad reality that we Muslims are in a position where we're constantly pointing fingers at each other and arguing amongst each other rather than figuring out the best way to work together whilst still having our differences. It's an unfortunate reality, but I hope that inshallah, the MCB is an organization that's strong enough to tackle this. Before we bring our podcast to a close, I really wanted to ask you, what does the MCB need to get to this vision and how can people help? I was hoping you'd ask that question. Otherwise, I have to make a, a pitch myself at the end and squeeze it in. <laughs> it's very simple. The MCB doesn't exist without you, right? Without all of you, there's no like aliens who have come from outer space who are running this and being paid full time. These are all people with jobs. There's less people in MCB running the organization than in the average mosque. In fact, there's probably less people running it than run an average five-a-side football tournament. And our budget is low. But our dreams are big. And what I'd love people is I don't want your money. I know the MCB treasury team will shoot me for this. I don't want your money. I want you. I want you. If you get involved with your talent, your time and your energy, the things that we could do are amazing, inshallah. But you will need patience. There's no way to get around that part. You will need patience because there are many inefficiencies. There are many areas that need improving. And... Whenever anyone works for unity in our community, unfortunately, the mindset that thinks towards this unity probably comes up and can be very difficult. But if you have that patience and you have something to offer, then get involved. And it does, you don't have to get involved just in MCB. Get involved in one of the organizations. Build Islamic Finance Guru. You're helping MCB, right? If we have a strong, financially literate Muslim community, that's in all our interests. Or the Muslim Hikers Club, if we have a healthy Muslim community, so that, you know, diabetes isn't like the sixth pillar of our religion, <laughs> you know, like that will make a difference. All of these things, get involved. Don't be a spectator. Trust me, it's much more fun to be playing on the pitch. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Jazakallah khair, Dr. Wajid. I wanted to just clarify for our viewers, the MCB does take donations though, right? Yeah, we do, we do. But, <laughs> okay. but honestly, if you gave five minutes of your time, it'd be worth more than 500 pounds. Every single person adds a value, inshallah, adds value far more than, than your money could. And that value will be felt not just by your brothers and sisters across the world, in, and hopefully, especially in the UK, it'll be felt by you as well. You will benefit from that. I, I've gained much more from being part of the MCB than I have given to it. I've met people who have inspired me when I've been down, who have given me the wisdom of their experience. And ideas that I had that would just sit in my head have been translated across the country. I mean, 
the opportunity for Sadaqa Jariyah. You're a financial channel. You guys will say, right? If you had a chance to invest, do you invest where you get, you know, invest a pound and you get a pound back? Or you invest a pound and you get a hundred back? Where else would you invest, mm. right? You get the return of investment is amazing. The effort that you put in will be felt across the country. We don't need every single mosque doing their safeguarding policies. If you can do a safeguarding policy, let's put one together and every mosque put one out. We don't need every single Muslim play group trying to work out how to you know teach the Syria. If you can do that, let we can get that out. You know, there's so many different opportunities available. The sky's the limit. The volunteers are what we need, inshallah. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Well, I ask Allah, I make dua to Allah that, you know, people are motivated by this podcast to, inshallah, volunteer for the MCV and help further its work. And I pray to Allah that the mission and vision that you have outlined here to, today to us becomes a reality in the future, inshallah. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we conclude. Jazakallah khairan to you, Dr. Wajid, for taking the time out to speak to us and share some of the very important work the MCB is up to. And as always, a big thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today for another episode of Millionaire Muslim. Please do subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed this. And if you didn't, subscribe anyway and drop us a message via our contact form on the website to tell us how we can do better. Until next time, folks. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.